One of my favorite lines from our readings today is when Jesus says, don't fear, little flock. And it's one of my favorite lines because what we'll sing in our song of the day, because the don't fear, little flock is such a pinnacle phrase that Jesus says, but also I think it's a great way for Jesus to start talking about money and things and purses and treasure. Before he even begins, he says, don't fear. Don't fear talking about these conversations that are difficult and not always the funnest. Because money and things and our wallets are often the last thing we want to talk about, but the biggest parts of our lives. And Jesus knows this. And so he knows that making sure that there's food on the table, a shelter over our heads, that all the things that come with our purses and our wallets and our checkbooks can give us anxiety and stress and even fear. Whether you live on a fixed income or an income that doesn't quite cover all your needs, and in our culture, even if those things aren't the case, we're constantly being bombarded with ads and sponsored content and messages that tell us we need more and more and more. One commentary said that it seems like we often live in a perpetual economic anxiety. And I think that's true. It's often easy for us to get hung up on the financial treasures we earn and the kinds of lives those treasures can provide for us. And so for Jesus to tell his disciples, to tell his followers, to say to us, sell the things you have and give to the poor, it's no wonder he begins that recommendation with a word of comfort. Don't fear, little flock. And what Jesus is trying to remind us is that the financial treasures we earn or receive are temporary, no matter how much we'd like to think otherwise. And to me, it seems more obvious than ever how temporary the things we buy with our treasures can be, because I don't know about you, but how much time energy, thought, money, do you spend with your smartphone, with your regular phone, on your computer? How often do you replace that? Maybe, maybe more than once every 15 years? For most of you, for me anyway. And so I keep thinking about Jesus' words of comfort and charity, and then Jesus says, your father wants to give you the kingdom. And that's not temporary. That's not a smartphone. That's a forever thing. And Jesus says that kingdom, that treasure, never wears out, never runs out, can't be stolen, can't be destroyed, because Jesus says your heart will be where your treasure is. Your heart will be where your treasure is. It was amazing to me how quickly our small seeds kids yesterday got what Jesus was talking about. You saw it too as part of our children's message. We read, read a bit of this story and once we got to that line, your heart will be where your treasure is, I asked the kids what their treasures were. Overwhelmingly, the kids immediately responded with their families, their pets, their friends, and their Pokemon cards. <laughs> I talked about Hadley's precious treasures, something we started on our vacation to Michigan this last summer to help her keep track of her very small things. She has a backpack that holds just a few quarters, her shiny coins, as she calls them, some rubber 
bouncy balls, a Minnie Mouse keychain that she treasures, and whatever small toy that she is recently obsessed with. Lately, it has been a pink monkey. She calls them her treasures. And Hadley's two, so I'm not too worried about her heart being inside that backpack, mainly because she'll go weeks without even remembering that it exists. She's two. Every once in a while, she remembers because she sees it, so I'm not too worried. But I was grateful that our kids in our small seeds group were very quick to move towards treasures not being tangible things, but people and relationships and love. And so as I was thinking about the way in which we think about treasures, I was thinking about the material things, about money, and also about relationships and love. And I thought about one of the biggest treasures, at least for me, is time. I don't know about you, but I often am more worried about time than I am about money. My calendar is definitely a place where I need Jesus to say to me, don't fear, little flock, it's going to be okay. Time is precious, and we are often finding ways to spend it meaningfully, and sometimes we just want to binge an entire season of a show on Netflix, and that's okay too, we spend our treasures differently. But I was thinking about this, about our time, our financial gifts, about our relationships, and I heard these echoes of stewardship conversations from the past, and I wondered, what about our talents too, our skills, and how those can be our treasures? Especially when we're first learning something new or finding our skills changing. I've been practicing my accordion like crazy because in two weeks I'm going to be playing two songs at our outdoor worship. And I will tell you, I am treasuring my time and my learning with my accordion, especially when I make it through once without messing up. Your heart will be where your treasure is. Maybe that treasure is in coins, in time, in talent, in relationships, or in Pokemon cards. But Jesus reminds us that that's where our heart is. And that the treasure that Jesus brings, the promise that Jesus pours into our hearts, is greater than any treasure we can buy or earn or make. And so it got me thinking about what we do with our treasures, with our time, our talents, our finances. Because I think that we often sort of get caught up with things going on around us, with the ads and the sponsored content, with that economic anxiety, the scarcity that we feel around us, that we forget what treasures we were really seeking, and we forget where we put them. And so it got me thinking, like most things do, about Brene Brown, author, speaker, and researcher, and her book, Dare to Lead. <coughs> She has a values list. And I'm not going to list off the entire thing because there are 117 values that she lists. Things like authenticity and belonging and community and diversity and faith and family and friendship and generosity and grace and humor and integrity and love and also personal fulfillment and power and success and wealth. And if you want to look at the list, I have copies on the table right outside the door on your left, just if you are interested. Because Brene tells her readers to pick two out of 117. Pick two values that you think define you, that you use as a filter for making your hard decisions. And once you've picked them, 
She offers a value evaluation. Do you actually live into these values you chose? Are they where you spend your treasures, your time, your talents, your finances? And what often happens is that people will choose things like family and faith, and then they'll look at how they've spent their last week, their last month, their last bank statement, and say, oh, I actually haven't spent much time or gifts or finances with any of my faith or my family relationships. We start to see the ways in which we're disconnected from our actual values, where our hearts are going away from where we want them to be, and I think that Jesus is trying to give his disciples a value evaluation. Because for Jesus, the values of trust and generosity are big. Trusting in God's kingdom and generosity to the poor. I wonder if his disciples heard this evaluation and even with Jesus' words of comfort, felt afraid. I mean, there's a reason Jesus begins this with trying to comfort them. Because this stuff is hard. And so when Jesus moves into his parables about being ready, I wonder if the disciples, if we can also and always hear Jesus' words that the Son of Man will come at a time when you don't expect him to actually be good news. Because we might begin to wonder, are we ready? What values have we put our treasures into? Where are our hearts? And maybe our hearts are worried with the anxieties of survival, of unknown futures, of financial difficulties. Maybe our hearts are searching for joy and happiness in temporary things. Maybe we've been needing a value evaluation. And Jesus still says to us, don't fear, little flock. Your father wants to give you the kingdom. Your father wants to give you the kingdom. Not because you earned it, not because you worked for it, not because you saved it up or gave it away, not because you knew the right people or made the exact right choices, but because God the Father just wants to. And so Jesus tells us to be ready, to get dressed for service, to have our lamps shining, and Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus our Lord, our Master, dresses himself for service at the cross for all of us. Jesus dies and rises from the dead to bring the kingdom that God so badly wants to give to each and every one of us, to open our hearts to the poor and needy, to open our hearts to each other, to fill our hearts with God's treasure of love and grace and hope, so that we can be ready, so that we can hear that the Son of Man will come when we least expect him and know that this is good news, so that we can share this gift with the world. So that when anxieties and scarcities start cropping up around us, we can care for each other, giving of our time and talents and finances, trusting in God's kingdom treasure, in the treasure that never wears out, never runs out, so that we too can say with confidence, don't fear, little flock, don't fear. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Yeah.